0: Taking a move that I make, I give it everything I got, cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break, the heart of the brave, the soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> Stars show up on tonight, on night like tonight. Stars show up. Will Jimmy Butler be that star? That's just one element to get into. I got a whole bunch of stuff to get into in sports, pop culture, and entertainment, and beyond. There's a whole bunch of stuff to get into, and you never know. With me, and your boy Stephen A. in the house. The Stephen A. Smith Show coming at you right now. Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show. Coming at you as I love to do every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. 4 p.m. live Eastern Standard Time. 1 p.m. Pacific right here on YouTube. Um, Obviously, as always, major, major thanks to uh, our studio. Because the studio I'm in th- is thanks to our official studio sponsor. FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the Stephen A. Smith Show. Obviously, the subscribers keep growing and growing and growing. Um, I've been growing exponentially over the last... 30 days or so to be quite honest you really the last 20 days thanks to y'all for your support please please keep it coming i'm loving doing this i hope you love listening to me make sure to subscribe to the stephen a smith channel don't forget to click the bell to get notified about new content because it's always coming your way and also if you have any questions you know i like to interact with you guys i mean it's calls it's emails it's post on social media. The list goes on and on. You've got a question, ask your questions in the chat and I'll get to them at the end of each show. It's a lot to get into today. And before I get into the sports, let me say this because the news that's percolating is about our former president, the 45th president of the United States, who obviously uh, has to show up in Miami, Florida tomorrow because He's got charges. Federal charges is being thrown at him. We know this about Donald Trump. 37 charges to be exact. You know, basically taking secret information, top secret information um, that's in violation of national security protocol as far as the federal government is concerned and taking it to his resort in in Mar-a-Lago. We know all of this. I'm not going to belabor this point because I really don't feel like getting into this today. To be quite honest with you, I got the finals on my mind. I even got some damn tennis on my mind. I've got boxing on my mind. I've got Zion Williamson and his daddy on my mind. I got a whole bunch of stuff to get into. But let me say this about former President Donald Trump. At the end of the day, here's the reality. Either you get him, meaning he's in jail, or for all intended purposes, he's going to win a Republican nomination. And he in all likelihood is going to be going up against Joe Biden. I can bring up a whole bunch of names and I'm not advocating for any candidate or anything like that. I'm not getting to that. I'm about issues. And I'm not going to be apologetic, although I'm an American citizen and I root for us to be peaceful and to live in tranquility or as close to it as possible. I am a black man. And I'm going to always think about my community first. We're the ones that's damn near an endangered species. We're the ones that are about 13% or less of the United States population. We ain't over 20% hovering towards 30% like the Hispanic population. We're not at 60% like, like the white population is in this country. White folks catch cold, black folks catch pneumonia. I've said that many times. So I'm going to think about issues that are pertinent to my community, and I'm going to think about what's best for us and what's not. It's not to say I'm going to ignore other communities, because if something ain't right, it ain't right. And I'm going to speak up on behalf of my white and Latino brothers and sisters all day, every day. I'm a proud black man. I'm going to always think about us first. I ain't apologizing for that to anybody. And I'm just telling y'all, the only thing that I have to say about former President Donald Trump is this. He's going to go to jail or he's going to win the Republican nomination. Biden is going to run for office unless he elects not to. It's going to come down to Biden and Trump. And you have to make your decision. But all of this hoopla, all of this noise, me watching CNN and MSNBC and Fox News, I went back and forth between CNN's morning show and Fox and Friends and Morning Joe with Joe Scarborough. I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, watching that all morning. I watched George Stephanopoulos on this week, yesterday, along with Meet the Press. Along with Face the Nation. I watched it all. Everybody talk about Trump. Are you going to get him or you not? Did he commit a crime or did he not? Because if he committed a crime, these charges— as this former attorney general pointed out. He's in a world of trouble. If he gets out of it, he's going to win the nomination. He's already raised enough money and can't have more money than anybody. His numbers have gone up since the allegations have been levied in his direction. DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, his numbers have slipped a little bit. Go figure. Now let me move on. We got an NBA finals coming up tonight and I expect the Denver Nuggets to win I hope I'm wrong because another trip to Miami will not hurt my feelings but I'm going to tell you I expect the Denver Nuggets to win they're bigger they're more skilled they have two stars instead of one in Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray Aaron Gordon's playing lights out they're getting contributions from Bruce Brown one minute Cantavius Caldwell Pope the next Christian Brown the next. They just seem bigger, stronger, more athletic, better shooters with two superstars compared to the star that is Jimmy Butler. So that's not even the subject to get into. The point is tonight is a night for superstars to show up and shine. Now, I've listened to a lot of people. I've listened to my man J.J. Reddick on the old man in the three podcast who shows up on first take twice a week. You know how I feel about J.J.? I already told you. And he talked about how so much success for Jimmy Butler on the offensive side of the ball is predicated on his ability to get to the free throw line. You've had others like my man Kendrick Perkins pointing out that Jimmy Butler is a star, but there's levels to this. And I'm going to say to you right now, love me some Jimmy Butler. Rough rider. Ain't scared of a thing. Plays on both ends of the floor, the offense and defense. He is an absolute star in this game and somebody who should be treasured and appreciated. My only point is there's levels to this. There's levels to this. We just got to call it like we see it, y'all. Can we please? I know I saw Jimmy Butler drop about 54, 56 points against Milwaukee when Giannis was out. I know I saw him average about 37 on better than 50% shooting against Milwaukee in that five-game series. I get all of that. I get all of that. I know I saw him get hurt early in the Knicks series and still help propel Miami Heat to a series victory over the Knicks in six games. I know I saw that brother answer the call in a game seven against Boston after Miami was up 3-0 and then gave up the lead and and Boston tied the series 3-3 before Miami closed the deal on a game seven in Boston. I know all of that. Jimmy Butler's got heart. He's got a game. He's special. But I wouldn't confuse him with LeBron James. or Kevin Durant or Steph Curry I'm not so sure I would do that at least on the offensive side of the ball with Devin Booker Tonight's going to show me a lot because I'm watching and I'm looking Jimmy Butler right here in these post in this postseason in this finals What we're talking about here, analytically speaking, continues to struggle on drives. Numbers by series this postseason on drives alone. 18.2 drives for 14.8 points per game against the Bucs. 16.4 drives per game for 9 points a game against the Knicks. 18.6 drives for 11.7 points per game against the Celtics. 15.5 drives per game for 5.8 points against the Nuggets in these finals. He's not a three-point shooter, so the drives are very, very relevant. And I'm looking at that, and I'm seeing some other stats that I'm paying attention to. I already told y'all, in the five wins that Miami has had since the Eastern Conference finals began against Boston, in their five wins up to this point, they've shot better than 48% for three-point range, 34% in losses. And I'm looking again at Jimmy Butler, and I'm saying, excuse me, I need more. I need more for my star. 50% shooting, 24 points when Aaron Gordon's guarding him. 44% shooting, just 13 points when Jamal Murray is guarding him. 40% shooting with 22 points whenever Jokic is guarding him. Max Struess and Gabe Vincent is the starting back off of the Miami Heat. They combined for two points in game four. Miami lost both games at home to the Denver Nuggets. And they're about to be closed out tonight. It looks that way anyway. Max Struess, your starting shooting guard, was scoreless in two games. Ladies and gentlemen, he scored as many points as me in two games. I mean, damn. That's just pathetic. So when you got all of those odds stacked against you and you're going up against a superstar that is Nikola Jokic, who is averaging like 34-13-8, and 55% shooting from the field, 44% shooting from three-point range. I can't blame him out of bio for this. He's just too small. Jokic is just special. But Jamal Murray is a stud and a star, too. I mean, when you look at all of those odds stacked against you, what's the one way that Miami can overcome all these doldrums? Jimmy Butler's got to be that superstar. Everybody's been saying he is. I know he's a star. I know he's a hell of a player. But ladies and gentlemen, I remember when Dwayne Wade played in Miami. That's not Jimmy Butler. I remember when LeBron James played in Miami. That's not Jimmy Butler. I've been watching LeBron James' entire 20-year career. That ain't Jimmy Butler. I've been watching Kevin Durant, a career 27.2 point per game score. Don't tell me that's Jimmy Butler. One of the greatest offensive players to have ever played this game. Don't tell me that Jimmy Butler, who's not even really a three-point shooter, is the same as the greatest shooter that God ever created in Steph Curry. I mean this so much, I strongly advise the Miami Heat to do everything it can to go after Damian Lillard if you really, really want to compete for a championship. You want to compete for a championship? Put Damian Lillard in the same backcourt with Jimmy Butler. Put him and Jimmy Butler there with Bam out of bar. Get another big body. Keep most of your guys. Put Damian Lillard in South Beach and watch what the hell happens. I bet my money on that. They're going to make some noise. I'm not saying they're going to win the championship, but damn it, they'd have a chance. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just going to leave it at that because I just think it's important to say. And now that I got that off my chest, just a quick aside, let me transition to tennis because I usually don't do that. I spend a lot of time on on tennis. Novak Djokovic, 23rd Grand Slam of his career, winning the Roland Garros. 23rd Grand Slam title. That is something special. No doubt about it. Eclipsing Rafael Nadal tying Serena Williams. One shy of the all-time leader Margaret Court that occurred years ago. I mean, it's nice. To hear Margaret Court, but res- respectfully, nobody's really, really thinking about her that much. I don't know how stiff her competition was. I don't know how diverse her competition was back in the day when she was playing. I, I consider Serena Williams the greatest women's tennis player of all time, period. And we're taking into account Martina Navratilova and Steffi Graf and, Chris, you know, uh, you know, Ever- Chris, Chris Everett Lloyd and all of these. Other. I mean, please. I'm thinking about Serena Williams. That's me. Rafael Nadal is a bad brother, but Yokovic is something else. Yokovic is something else. I mean, I grew up in the days Pete Sampras, John McEnroe, and and all of these guys. I I mean, what can you say? Novak Yokovic is something special. Major, major props to him. Thank you to him for his greatness. Now I want to transition to something else that I've been aching to talk about. So, last week, uh, uh, I came on this podcast, this show, and I talked about Zion Williamson. And as you all know, Zion Williamson was in the news for, dare I say, salacious reasons. Uh, uh, He was in the news because... He's expecting to be a daddy. Congratulations to him. You'll change your life ever, my brother. I don't care what you think you know about love. You don't know anything about love until your child is born. It's a different level then. It's a different level. It's special and scary all at the same time because they're your responsibility. And money doesn't just cut it. You got to be around them and got to safeguard them and you got to do everything you can exhausting yourself to protect them. And even then, you're worried sick because you have that profound level of love for them. So good luck with that. But while all of that was being spread over the airwaves, the reason why it was is because some woman came out of the woodwork and went on social media going off on them. And she was a porn star. And then we later learned somebody else came out and was attacking him. Really damn shame. But nevertheless, his father, and some people like to say, step that hell with all of that. That's his daddy. That's what he calls his daddy. That's what I'm going to say is his daddy. Okay? Just because you're biologically responsible for somebody coming onto this earth. no, 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 no. That's just the father. Daddy is somebody that takes care of his child. My daughters don't call me father. Daddy It's what a daddy is So major props to his, his Daddy For taking care of him and Speaking up for him I just think You gotta know when To speak And when it would be in your best interest To just keep quiet Daddy didn't do that Instead He said this And I wanna be Politically, politically correct when I say it. As my son and I love him, you know, when I was a child, I walked like a child, talked like a child, did childish things. But when I became a man, when I understood, then God blessed me. So all I'm going to say this morning, believe half of what you see and nothing you hear. That's all I'm say. I stand by my son 100. There you go. I wasn't always where I am today. That provokes several questions. Respectfully, to um. Zion Williamson's daddy, Mr. Anderson Lee. Number one, why should anyone listen to a single syllable you just uttered out of your mouth? Because you just told everybody, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. So you were speaking. If you don't want people to listen to what we hear, then we shouldn't have heard you, should we have? That's number one. In other words, that's a patently false statement because you want people to listen to what you're saying. So it doesn't make sense what you said. Number two, stand by your son for what? You see, at certain points in time, you have to wonder when a dad is speaking up to bring attention to himself. Zion Williamson may have been joked about, but no one accused him of committing a crime. He's 22 years old and unmarried. All due respect, he can do what he wants. He do what he wants. I don't give a damn if it's some girl or if it's a porn star or a strip or whatever. It's none of our business. None. He's 22 years old. He's a superstar athlete who is 22 years old. I can't imagine what I would have done if I was in Zion Williams' position at age 22. And I think I speak on behalf of most young adult men out there, regardless of ethnicity. Everybody knows that, Mr. Lee. Why would you feel the need to say that? Why? And think about this for a second. Your son is being condemned in your eyes, so you think. What would exactly be the condemnation? That he got loose? That he was getting some? That dare we say he was being a bit comis- promiscuous? He's 22 and single and rich and famous. Add those categories together. 22, young, rich, famous. And you'll usually see promiscuous somewhere. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Let's just call it what it is. Nobody's judging your son. Folks might have had fun joking around about it or whatever for a day. Nobody's judging your son. He wasn't waving a gun. He wasn't violating league rules that's going to provoke a suspension. He didn't get in trouble with the law. For all intended purposes, he seems to be a good guy. What did I say? What I said was, you only played 29 games. That's what I said. You got this energy, evidently. Can we see you play? In your sleep, you average 26 His career numbers are 25.8 points, seven rebounds on 60% shooting from the field. And that's what you growing, not not even knowing the game yet. And you are a superstar player. We know that when Zion Williamson is on the court, he's virtually unstoppable. We know that the New Orleans Pelicans would have likely been in a Western Conference Finals. Hell, they might have beat Denver if Zion Williamson was healthy. Why would you feel the need to address those folks like that? Is that about Zion, sir? Is that about you? Because anybody with sense is not going to condemn or bother a 22-year-old who is single, unmarried, he's a superstar athlete, he's rich and famous. And oh, my God, he was getting loose. He was having sex. Oh, my God. Really? That's why you would feel the need to show up at his foundation? And give a speech to the media nobody asked you to give. This is the problem with some parents. Respectfully. When you want attention. Instead of letting things just fade. People may have had fun with Zion that day. Nobody's bothering your son. We know he's a great guy. We know he's a great athlete. We're expecting big things. The only thing your son should be bothered about is that he can't seem to get himself healthy to play. 24 games year one. Missed 21 games in year two. Missed the entire season in game three. And only played 29 of 82 games season four. Missing 53 games. Got his money, though. You want to stand by your son? How about standing by your son in those physical therapy lessons to get that leg right so that brother could get on the court and we could see his greatness instead of hearing you talk about him like he being victimized? He's not. We really don't care. It was just fun. We know the guy's a good kid. He ain't getting in no trouble. He's not bothering anybody. And he ain't doing things most 22-year-old, young, rich, famous superstar athletes wouldn't be doing. You hear a lot of superstar athletes that are young talking about a lot of things. Celibacy is not one of them. So stop it. You bringing unwanted attention to them. Chill out. Nobody's victimizing your son. We just want to see him play. And then after he plays, he can go and play as much as he wants to. Moving on. The last comment before I go to break, let me say this. I'm a huge boxing fan. I love the sport. First fight I ever saw was a taped fight of Muhammad Ali fighting Cleveland Williams. I remember my father crying when Muhammad Ali had to fight George Foreman. I remember George Foreman knocking Joe Frazier up the backside of his head, knocking him down about six, seven different times before the fight was stopped. Howard Cosell, the late, great Howard Cosell screaming, it is over, it is over, it is over. I remember that. George Foreman, not Mike Tyson, was the most menacing boxer in history, so much so that there were people scared to death in Ali's camp. And my father, who was the biggest Muhammad Ali fan I've ever known, literally crying because he was so scared that Ali was going to die. That's that's how far back I go with boxing. One of my favorite fighters of all time is some of most, most of you young whippersnappers never heard of Salvador Sanchez. That was a bad brother. I remember when Pepino Cuevas was considered some elite welterweight and Tommy Hearns put him to sleep in two rounds. I remember when Tommy the Hitman Hearns knocked Roberto Duran out so viciously his head did a 180 before he fell on his face. I remember when Angelo Dundee was screaming in Sugar Ray Leonard's face. You're losing it, baby. You're losing it. Because Hearns was using that draft, that jab, and detaching his retina and beating him before Sugar Ray Leonard went berserk and went after Tommy the Hitman Hearns before he finished him in the 14th round. This is when boxing went 15 rounds instead of 12. We talk about Marvin Hagler and Mustafa Hampshaw and, and, and I mean, John the beast Mugabe and Terry Norris knocking Mugabe out and Hagler knocking out Mugabe and all of the fights in between Alexis Aguello versus Aaron Pryor. I mean, this is me. You talking to here. It ain't just basketball, baby. I love me some boxing. Which is why I sit here with sadness today. To report to you that I'm incredibly disappointed in one of my all-time favorite fighters, my brother Floyd Money Mayweather. Now, Floyd Mayweather had an exhibition boxing match, and in this boxing match, Floyd Money Mayweather decides uh, who, who's he fighting. What's the name of that guy? John Gotti the Third. Ladies and gentlemen, chaos broke out. And I'm not talking about legit bona fide boxing, pure boxing chaos. I'm talking about the kind of stuff that's just embarrassing. Look at this here, please. Stop up, you. That's it. Floyd Money Mayweather retired from boxing 50-0. and That individual that he was fighting right there is the grandson of the late infamous mobster John Gotti. I am not aware of John Gotti III having any real kind of boxing background. I did not see the fight, although I heard he lost every round and Floyd Money Mayweather was whipping him pretty good. I was not there. I did not see it. I do not know. Here's what I do know which is where my disappointment comes from. When you are as great as Floyd Money Mayweather, everybody doesn't deserve to be in your space. I know you like to make money. You're never going to stop making money. Very, very few people on the planet know how to make money like you know how to make money. But some of this stuff has got to stop. You want to get Conor McGregor in the ring for an exhibition match? All right, that's fine. You know, Conor sold that. It was great marketing. He's not a boxer, but, hey, he was a knockout artist in the UFC. I get it. John Gotti 3rd I don't know anything about him. I'm not trying to disrespect him. And, yes, I'm being smart. I'm not trying to disrespect the grandson of a mobster. Fair enough. But what I'm trying to say is this. When you're great, when you're elite, not just anybody deserves to be in your pristine space. And what I mean by that is, I'm not talking about on the street or anything like that. Boxing is your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't see just anybody on the basketball court playing against LeBron James. He won't do it. He doesn't have to. It's a waste of his time. You might see footages of... Dwayne Wade training his son. You don't see Dwayne Wade playing against just anybody. He's not doing it. You haven't earned that privilege. It's a privilege to be in the company of greatness in their venue, in their habitat, in their specialized, you know, uh, home per se. Floyd Money Mayweather should not be letting just anybody in the ring with him. That's my only point. He's phenomenal and he's great and he's unblemished in his career. And when you see Floyd Mayweather, when you see him in an exhibition against these no names, it's like, really? They shouldn't even be allowed to be in a ring with you. That's just me. That's where my disappointment lies. It's a lot more stuff to get into state of Alabama made a ruling I think you'll find very, very interesting and compelling. Brittany Griner has made news as well, so we'll get into all of that and then some. Stick around. You're listening to The Stephen A. Smith Show. Back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock sticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Very uncomfortable subject to get into, uh, but it's necessary. Um Before I do that, though, just a reminder, make sure to subscribe to the Stephen A. Smith channel. Don't forget to click the bell to get notified about... The new content that appears there. Thank you very, very much for supporting your show. And a reminder as well, if you have any questions, ask your questions in the chat and I'll get to them at the end of the show, as I always do. And not only will it be via questions posted on social media or questions that are emailed, but also voice messages are things that I'm going to add along with live calls in the uh, days and weeks to come. So stay tuned for that. The The uncomfortable subject that I wanted to get into involved Nazis. Nazis showing up right outside of Disney World. This past Saturday, about 15 people stood outside the entrance to Disney World in Orlando, Florida, and waved flags displaying Nazi insignias. Others gather, gathered gathered, dis, uh, displayed messaging in support of Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. The Orange County Sheriff's Office responded to the demonstration with no arrest and said, quote, we are aware of these groups that aim to agitate and incite people with anti-Semitic symbols and slurs. The Orange County Sheriff's Office deplores hate speech in any form, but people have the First Amendment right to demonstrate. Lisa Gause, G-A-U-S-C, age 60, told USA Today she and her son were stopped at a red light when she saw the group which displayed the DeSantis 2024 Make America Florida flag. Planted in the ground, God said, good Lord, what is this world coming to? What is Florida? What is America coming to? We don't want this going on. Obviously, representatives for Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, have not responded, according to reports. This comes after numerous moves by DeSantis to disrupt Disney, Walt Disney's business, including announcing new legislation to assert control over Disney and suggested that a prison be built nearby so obviously that's provoked a lot of people to ask the question could he actually be behind this I don't know I'm not going there um, Bob Iger's is the head of Disney he can handle it I know him well he's my boss um, when I'm at Disney for my day job happen to think he's one of the greatest executives I've ever seen knows what he's doing and whatever decision he wants to make he'll make Um The other thing that I'd like to say is this, though. Ladies and gentlemen, is Stephen A. phased by this? No. Comes with the territory. The key line there is from the Orange County Sheriff's Office, who said they deplore hate speech in any form. But acknowledged and reminded us all that people have the First Amendment right to demonstrate. For all intended purposes, it was a peaceful demonstration. I know that's hard to hear, considering people are out there spewing hate speech. But it was a peaceful demonstration. See, we can't have it always. When folks were protesting in the streets for Black Lives Matter, we had every right to protest. And we did so. And if we're being fair and authentic, some of our protests were not peaceful. I personally believe it wasn't Black Lives Matter, it was people that infiltrated Black Lives Matter that make Black Lives Matter look bad. That's my personal belief. But nevertheless, all the protests were not peaceful. Nevertheless, when you see Washington DC and you see Black Lives Matter painted on the streets, when you have a right to do those things, people from the completely opposite ends of the spectrum are going to exercise their right to do the same. I knew this would happen eventually. I knew it. I didn't suspect it would be at the corridors of Walt Disney World. In Florida, I do find it a bit odd and a bit suspicious, Governor DeSantis. I'll admit that because I've been to Walt Disney World several times, many times. I have brought my children there. I have brought my nieces and nephews there. I never saw that before. But it is what it is. Just a reminder to all of y'all, the Supreme Court has struck down restrictions on hate speech unless it, quote, specifically incites violence or is intended to do so. In other words, if it doesn't specifically incite violence or intends to do so, there's nothing you can say. A recent example of this is when justices defended the right of white supremacists to march with the Nazi flag through Charlottesville, Virginia, in August of 2017. It protected neo-Nazis marching in Skokie, Illinois in 1977. It protected a U.S. flag burner from Texas in 1989. Three cross burners from Virginia were protected in 2003. And at a funeral where protesters protested against homosexuality in 2011, Supreme Court protected all of that. Because they said unless it specifically incites violence, was intended to do so, First Amendment rights to free speech makes it legitimate. That is the nation we live in, which is why every action needs to take a reaction into consideration. Every cause, every movement, folks have theirs, these folks have theirs and we just got to be adult enough to deal with the fact that me personally i'm always happy when stuff is crystallized for us see it's the proverbial glass ceilings that mess us up particularly those of us from the minority communities because when you don't know and you can't see and you can't envision and it's not there providing tangible evidence as to what is going on, then you're guesstimating. And as a result of that, you're somewhat compromised because there's plausible deniability coming from the other side. Oh, that's not what we intended to do. That's not what we were thinking. That's not what we wanted to happen. We don't know what you're talking about. And they, get into, they engage in plausible deniability. And because we're devoid of the proof, to engage in the level of condemnation we'd like to, there's but so much we can say. But when they do stuff like that, oh, I see who you are. I got you. I got you. I remember I saw this post on social media the other day, and it talked about why do racist groups or somebody like the KKK or something, why are they wearing hoods? And you know what somebody said on social media? Because when you take it off, you'll see that they're doctors and lawyers and police officers and 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 and, and, and corporate you know, folks in corporate America and the list goes on and on. That's what people think. That's how they believe. And so the more stuff is out in the open, the more the lines are drawn in the sand and we can see and then we know how to act accordingly. My favorite saying, one of my favorite sayings for anybody that knows me, if we at war, say we have war. I like that. I don't enjoy it. I'm not trying to say it's something that's pleasant or anything like that. I'm just saying that anything that's visibly tangible that you can see and witness for yourself, you have the power to overcome. It's the unknown that bothers most of us. Not the known. Another example of that is Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner made news. And Brittany Griner made news the other day because why? She was simply traveling through an airport for a Mercury, uh, Phoenix Mercury game. She was traveling through an airport. I believe that was in Dallas, Texas, although I'm not sure. I believe it was. And a person described as a YouTube provocateur named Alex Stein, and it was at the Dallas airport. I was correct. On Saturday, is seen shouting in a video that she hates America. You don't believe that? You want to see it for yourself? Here you go. Do you still want to? Do you still want to boycott America, Brittany? Stop! Stop! Well, get Stop. Off Stop. Me. Stop! I'm weird. Why she Stop. hates America? Are you, what about the Merchant of Death, Fred <clears throat> That was kind of bothersome. See, that guy Alex Stein. I understand this point. My only question to him would be, where's your soul? It is true that Brittany Griner once elected to not stand for the national anthem, particularly with the whole racial justice issues percolating throughout this country a few years back during COVID, I might add, that is true. But is 10 months in a Moscow prison enough? Huh, Alex Stein, is that enough? I mean, it's not like she said something and then you ran into her at the airport and you, missed the Patriot, and you wanted to speak up on behalf of the uh, the American citizen. She spent 10 months in a prison in Russia. So my question to him would be, where's your soul at? Because I would argue that she suffered enough. And I would tell you and remind our audience, I'm incredibly ecstatic that she is home, safe on U.S. soil. She is somebody that has represented our country admirably. She's won a couple of gold medals representing the United States of America. I would remind you of that. And I'm happy that President Biden got her home. Having said all of that, although I don't support nor condone the Alex Steins of the world conducting themselves like the asshole he conducted himself as. I do think it's important to understand that there are millions of Americans who may not say anything, but do share his position. You were in the United States. You didn't want to stand for the national anthem. You wanted to protest some of the things that were going on in this country, which is obviously and totally your right. The flip side, however, is that there are an abundance of people, including many, because I know a few in the military who feel this way, that really had a problem with the swap that took place. Because in order for Brittany Griner to be released, The Russians insisted that the United States free Victor Bout, a Russian arms dealer whose nickname was the Angel of Death, who plotted, reportedly, to kill American citizens. This is one of the most prolific arms dealers in this world. This is what they called him when he was captured and ultimately incarcerated. Not the angel of death, the merchant of death. That was his nickname. Responsible for a lot of lives lost and was willing to facilitate taking out more American lives. There are an abundance of people in this country who do not believe Brittany Griner was worth that. I am not one of them. But a lot of people are and so even though alex stein was an asshole the way that he conducted himself it is a cautionary tale in all of this there's a whole bunch of people out there who share his feelings and they ain't about to let up they feel the way that they feel and they've been aching to get at britney griner which is why perhaps The security that you had in place needs to be intensified if you are the Phoenix Mercury or even the WNBA itself, who obviously released a statement of support for Bronc Griner by saying the safety of Brittany Griner and all WNBA players is our top priority. Prior to the season, the WNBA worked together with the Phoenix Mercury and Griner's team to ensure her safety during her travel, which included chartered flights for WNBA games and assigned security personnel at all times. You know what that sounds like? You're covering yourself. I'm not saying it's not true. But that's not the statement we needed to hear. What we needed to hear from the WNBA is that clearly we need to intensify the level of security we provide to Brittany Griner because you have a lot of Alex Steins of the world who won't be interested in just videotaping her. Some people might wanna do her harm and that does not need to be slept on or underestimated. It's just a thought. It's just a thought. Back with a particular item near and dear to my heart involving the state of Alabama. It's very, very important in the Supreme Court. Don't touch that dial. You're watching The Stephen A. Smith Show right here. Back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock sticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Let me set the record straight about something with me. And before I do that, I want to remind y'all to make sure to subscribe to the Stephen A. Smith channel. Don't forget to click the bell to get notified about any new content that I've got on this channel. Looking forward to seeing y'all seeing the numbers grow. And thank you so much for facilitating that over the last few weeks. I really, really appreciate it. We're making some big noise here. Um, And I'll get to your questions at the end after I address this subject. (sighs) When I think about a lot of things, I I want to make sure everybody understands where I'm coming from. I think this country is effed up right now. I think it's an absolute mess. And I think the level of division that has taken place is so alarming, it, it it almost makes your skin crawl. Because we're devoid of compromise. We're devoid of sitting down and having a discussion half the time. You know, one of the favorite things that I love to see when I'm watching legislation get approved, passed, and all this stuff, you know what my favorite word is? Bipartisan. Because you got to go up there and work with each other. Everybody else got to do it. Why the hell can't you on Capitol Hill? I think like that. When I put out something on my Twitter page the other day, um, you know, for Chris Christie, wasn't to endorse Chris Christie. Even though he's a friend and I kind of root for him, wasn't to endorse him because I'm not sure. I I don't know all his policies. I got to wait and see. I'm a registered independent. I can flow in either direction, even though for the most part, I voted Democrat all my life. But the reason I put that on my Twitter page is because he needs signatures to get on that stage and debate. And anybody who knows anything about me, I love the Super Bowl and I love presidential debates. I love them. And the more fire that's up there on stage, the better. Now, I'll be the first to admit I don't want Trump to win because I think he's too divisive. But I wouldn't mind seeing him up there on the debate stage. I want to see him go at him. I want to see them go back at him. And I want to see who's the best candidate. I can't stand the fact that when it's the president, nobody's running against him. And he's the com- he's the incumbent. And you know what? I, I-, I mean, I- you don't see anybody going up against him. No, you're the president. I want you to debate people. Stand by your policies. Let me see what's up. But nothing is more important than voting. And we got a whole bunch of Black folks out there that are so disgusted with the system itself and so numb to the nonsense that we've seen existing for so long that you won't even vote. I am completely against that. The number one provocateur of change in this world is voting. There are nations across this world that would give anything to be able to have their vote influence elections. And regardless of what the 45th president tried to convince you of, the reality of the situation is voting is important. It's very important. And yes, people try to do salacious things and they try to rig elections. They try to do all of this other stuff. But in this country, we've been applauded for being The best in the world in a lot of categories because of our ability to provoke change. It's not that it's just not just because we're the richest or anything, it's because we can provoke change. We don't like your ass. You'll be out of here in two years if you're a congressional figure, four years if you're a president, six years if you're a senator. We'll get rid of you, we'll get somebody else up in there. That's what America is all about. And so, when I saw this story, the Supreme Court rules in favor of Voting Rights Act, I was incredibly happy. In what I'm to read from here in a shocking move, the Supreme Court has ruled that the state of Alabama's new congressional map likely violated the Voting Rights Act. It hands a win to black voters and will now force the state to create a second house district with a large minority population. Conservative judges John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh joined the court's three liberal justices, affirming five 4 a lower court's ruling that Alabama's district lines unlawfully diluted the state's black vote. A group of black voters with the National Redistricting Foundation challenged the map under the 1965 civil rights law, which prohibits voting practices that discriminate based on race. Alabama denied that the map was intentionally drawn to discriminate against black voters, arguing that it, quote, sufficiently resembles the roughly two million race neutral maps created by the state's experts. Justin Roberts was unimpressed, writing, quote, Alabama's insistent reliance on that number, however powerful it may sound in the abstract, is thus close to irrelevant in practice. What would the next million map show? The next billion. The outcome was unexpected in that court in that the court had allowed the challenged Alabama map to be used for the 2022 elections. And in arguments last October, the justices appeared willing to make it harder to challenge redistricting plans as racially racially discriminatory under the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Let me tell y'all something. A couple of things that you should peel from this. You have redistricting trying to take place. You have folks trying to influence redistricting and things of that nature because they're not satisfied with the amount of votes that they're getting. The Republicans, once upon a time, used to complain about that with the Democrats. Democrats are not complaining about that with the Republicans. It's a game they all play with the pawns stuck in the middle. But at the end of the day, when you think about our 1965 Civil Rights Act, when you think about the late great Representative John Lewis and a law named after him that they're trying to have implemented, went through the Congress, hasn't gone through the Senate, hasn't been written in the law yet. You're talking about needing Department of Justice approval and beyond because, you know, these redistricting things take place all the time where all of a sudden it's made a bit harder to get to the polls. Impediments to you being able to go to the polls and vote are presented to you. That's what folks on the liberal side have been arguing about in recent elections. And when you see these kind of things going on, it can be very disheartening and very concerning until Chief Justice Roberts, a conservative judge, Brett Kavanaugh, a conservative judge, rule in favor of the other three liberal judges on the courts. You know what it says? You know what it reminds you of? Indeed, there's hope after all. I'm not saying this because, oh, they pass, they passed this. They made this ruling. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is people who were conservative but not necessarily siding with conservatives, just like it would be nice to see liberals sometimes not siding with liberals. When it's the courts, meaning the Supreme Court, you want the law of the land to be most prevalent and prominent. You want to show an ability to side with the other side and to see where they're coming from and to address things in a very neutral, unbiased, bipartisan manner. That's what makes our country special, not what the hell we've been seeing over the last few years. I'll take your questions before I get on out of here. James DeMarsh writes, Mr. Stephen A, Please let me hear your thoughts on a John Morant toy gun claim. Do you think the commissioner is buying it? I've spoken about this many times, my brother. I'll try it again. It doesn't matter what the claim is. You look like you were waving a gun. The NBA doesn't want to be associated with that. It's a private industry. You're in route. You're getting ready to begin a contract that pays you $231 million potentially over the next five years. They don't want to see that stuff. You do that, it's a problem. We all have things we have to capitulate to. The lie that's being told by everybody on this planet is anyone who tells you they get to do what they want to do, when they want to do, how they want to do it, no matter what the hell anybody says, while they have their hand out for somebody else's money. When you have your hand out for somebody else's money, you're capitulating to somebody. Don't let anybody tell you that lie. John Morant has to learn that, and he's going to learn it the hard way, because I can assure you a lengthy suspension is coming the second these NBA Finals are over. Next question, please. Wilson Sherilus, C-H-E-R-E-L-U-S. Do Jimmy have to win these last three games to be considered the superstar, at the very least, force a game seven? Well, I think it helps. If Jimmy Butler plays like a star and they force a game seven, or dare I say, win the series, obviously we'll have to look at him differently. But as long as he's been playing the way that he's been playing and Jokic and Murray are clearly a step above him, then I think it's safe to say superstar status is going to be something that's somewhat evasive to him. Still be a star, though, because he's a hell of a player. Daniel Holloway writes, big fan. I want to be a sports journalist just like you. Any suggestions for me to be successful in a field this difficult? Well, first of all, getting your education is important, number one. Having some kind of a journalistic background, making sure that you cultivate contacts, resources and all of that stuff that comes with it. Um, Being willing to make sacrifices. You know, so many people want what they want, but they don't want to pay a price to get it. There's a price that comes with everything. You're not entitled to anything. Nobody's going to give you a damn thing. You got to earn it. Knowing how to write is incredibly important is potentially beneficial to you. Knowing how to speak and articulate your thoughts fluently, that definitely helps. But doing your homework, doing your research, cultivating context and resources, talking to people who actually have access or are directly involved in the subject matter that you're broaching, all of those things help. You got a whole bunch of people that want a podcast or they want their own radio show, and all they do is take clips that that, that they see publicized and they have an opinion about it. That ain't doing the work. That's just talking. You have to remember that. There's more to it than that. And there's more credibility that comes from that. And that's what you have to remember in pursuit of being in this profession. Do that and I think you'll be fine. Last question. Buck Watt writes, so Zion can play when he's done. But Paul Pierce can't. Zion can play when he's done with what? What are you talking about? First of all, Zion Williamson is in the NBA. Paul Pierce had retired. Secondly, Zion Williamson doesn't work for Walt Disney. Paul Pierce did. Thirdly, Zion Williamson is simply in a situation where somebody was trifling enough to spread his personal business over the internet. He didn't do anything on with the cameras rolling to be streamed live, where it looked like drugs and alcohol was involved and he was inebriated. He had a private matter going on with a female who decided to publicize his personal business. What does that have to do with anything? John ja Morant was seen on video, his boy streamed it live on Instagram. Paul Pierce was seen streaming on Instagram live or whatever platform he used. And you have to take into account who you're working for. Again, you don't get to do what you want to do when you want to do how you want to do it and have your money in your hand out for somebody else's money. That's lying to you. Bro, y'all sit up there and y'all attacking the messenger. I'm telling you what's going to work and what doesn't work. I'm successful. I've been very, very blessed. I don't want to be the only one successful. I want to tell you what mine feels to watch out for. as brothers and sisters in this industry. Just come ask me. I'll tell you. If I know, I'll tell them. Because I don't want them to fail. I don't want them to fall on their face. And to compromise themselves. I wasn't getting on Paul Pierce out of hating on him. I'm wishing him nothing but the best. I got love for the brother. I want him to be okay. You got a whole future ahead of you. Why are you projecting these images out there about yourself? You better than that. Make your money and live your life privately. Want screw around? Screw around. Want to get strippers or anybody else? Go ahead. Want to mess with porn stars? Go ahead. I don't give a damn what you do. Why are you projecting that imagery about you when you don't have to? Knowing it's going to be held against you down the road. That ain't selling out. That's looking out. What's the matter with you? What the hell is the matter with you? Let me get on out of here for the day before I get even more annoyed. He's just trying to look out trying to make sure to avoid the landmines and the minefields as best as you possibly can and help the others do the same. I hope people look out for me and tell me what I need to avoid so I can be better down the road. Iron sharpens iron. We all need to be looking out for one another. Just because you're telling people the truth don't mean you hating on them. You're actually trying to help them. Even the Bible says the truth shall make you free. Not set you free, but make you free. Remember that. Also, make sure to subscribe to the Stephen A. Smith channel. Don't forget to click the bell to get notified about the new content. I got to get on out of here and get over to the arena to get to the NBA Finals, Game 5, where I expect the Denver Nuggets to close the deal. If they don't, I won't be mad because that's another trip to Miami for me. There are worse things in life to happen, but I don't suspect that that will be the case. I think Jokic and Murray and the crew close the deal tonight and put the Miami Heat out of their misery. Until another time, Wednesday to be exact, peace and love, everybody. Stephen A. Smith, signing off with The Stephen A. Smith Show. Until then. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.